there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer, I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. A couple of announcements and reminders. Um, I want to thank the new um, coaching clients that I have. I applaud your um, bravery in stepping out and into um, finding support for yourself. I know that's a big step. Um, I recognize the effort it takes to reach out um, for support and trust someone is going to be there to help hold you in a space um, that is safe and nurturing and non-judgmental that will allow you to um, speak what you need to speak and can help you to move forward. In life again coaching is not therapy um, therapy for a very simplistic terms therapy um, helps to have you look at your history um, to figure out where you came from so you know kind of where you're going and why you are the way you are today and coaching helps you to um, figure out a way forward right and I'm helping to support you with that so I I just, I'm so grateful and honored to walk this journey um, alongside you and um, look forward to our continued um, discoveries. Also, I wanted to um, thank the new Patreon um, supporters. I'm super grateful for you as well and recognizing the work that I do and your willingness to help um, contribute financially. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you are uh, interested in helping to support the podcast and the work that I do uh, on a financial basis, um, I'll leave information on how to do that in the show notes. So as we begin today's episode, um, who that is about um, one estranged mom's story, I wanted to share some quotes um, that are her favorites. And uh, the first one is, I realized that every time in my life I have felt hurt or lonely, I had been in someone else's business. If you are living your life and I am mentally in your life, who is here living mine? Being mentally in your business keeps me from being present in my own. And that is by Byron Katie. And the second one, is pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And that is by the Dalai Lama. And this mom says, pain is the human experience. Suffering comes from the story we attach to it. And the third and final quote is, if you're going through hell, keep going. And that is by Winston Churchill. And this mom says, this quote speaks to me because the only way out is through. So this mom's story that I want to relay to you today um, 
is different from the last one that I shared, obviously. Um, however, there are the, the common threads that run through all of these stories. Um, but this is a mom who um, she asked to remain anonymous. She, um, and I, I fully respect that. Um, but there are bits and pieces that she was willing to share and disclose um, to her story. I hope that I can convey this in a way that honors her and her estranged adult child um, and helps the listeners of this podcast to kind of have an insight um, into the multiple layers that come with estrangement. Um, No estrangement story is due to one single event um, that cut off contact. Um, I just... I've yet, in all of the moms I've talked to, the estranged adult children I've talked with, um, the stories I hear, I've never heard of a, an estrangement experience where it's just been one particular event. So, this estranged mom, um, just as an intro to her, she is a... Um, she is someone who is active in my... Um, coaching world as far as um, support groups and things like that that I offer to folks and I have to say she um, she kind of came into into my estrangement work in a way that just kind of floored me at first she really just took took control of her way of being in this space Um, and wasn't shy about jumping in and helping to support others um, and and just really had a significant desire to learn and be curious and um, to figure out how she ended up where she's at, why she is where she is, and how to move forward. I mean, that is just her, um, it just oozes out of her. And she's so willing to help support others. And um, I just I just applaud her for that. Um, her estranged son um, is, um, I believe in his 40s, and he has not spoken to her in about seven months. Um, they're the, um, the catalyst for the actual estrangement occurred following a telephone conversation that she had with her son regarding her husband and her son's stepfather. Um, She's been married to her husband for about 30 years. And um, in that phone conversation, her son called his stepdad a bad man. um, And as she says, along with several other character insults, um, and insisted that she too call him a bad man. And, um, she refused to do that, um, stated that, you know, if he's a bad person, then so am I, and so is my father, and, you know, so is your father, and just so on, and so on, and so on, um, and he replied that she was delusional, and that there was no hope for her before hanging up the phone, 
Um, she has since, in these seven months, um, she has sent two amends letters. And um, the first one, I believe, was um, not received well because she did not utilize the word sorry, as in I'm sorry, um, and instead used the word contrition, which is the state of feeling remorseful. Um, but this is, this is just kind of a side note here. The reason why I talk about communication um, and the importance of communication in one person's perspective versus another person's perspective. So she utilized um, the word contrition because to her it had a more significant meaning than just sorry. Um, but for him, he needed to hear the word, the words, I'm sorry. Um, and so that, again, just a, you know, the miscommunication that, that can happen there. In the second um, amends letter, um, I feel probably was not received well because um, in that amends letter, she indicated why she was not willing to leave her husband, um, again, her estranged son's stepfather. And the reason I, I say that um, is because amends letters really, there's an art to them and there's an very specific things that are received much better than others. Um, things that I feel like, um, you know, things to include and things to exclude. And um, one of those things is our, our kids just are not interested in hearing um, our reasons for doing anything, right? Like, I mean, unless they specifically ask you, why did you do this, that, or the other thing? Um, I don't recommend putting that in an, in an amends letter. So, but that's kind of a little bit of an intro to her. I wanted to give a little bit of a background on her because I feel like um, this is her. I think our backgrounds come into play significantly in everything that we do in life, but especially the way that we parent our children. And, um, and I think that this mom's, um, background and history is, is very important and, and, um, can shed some light on many different things. So she, um, is the youngest of three children and the only daughter, um, for her, um, when she was growing up, her mom was depressed and her dad, um, was an alcoholic and she, uh, said to me that she never um, felt encouraged by her parents to, you know, do well in life, to become educated, those types of things. She never felt that. She always um, felt that she was stupid. And funny enough, now she has multiple degrees, right? Um, and she grew up in a home where her daughter, where daughters were not valued, right? Um, and there was a family history of estrangement. Um, I think that her occupation um, comes into play here as well. Um, she is in a helping profession, and um, I think that it's, um, it, it's also in the medical field. And so I think that um, <clears throat> there's just a, 
a level of, um, I don't want to say black and white, but they're kind of sort of along those lines um, where, you know, if A happens, then you do B, C, and D. You know, if E happens, then you do F, G, H, I, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And for some people who operate in the world that way, and especially in your careers, it's really hard to come out of that when you come home and you're dealing with children who are growing and changing and exploring and, you know, throwing curveballs at you and things like that, that um, you don't have experience with like you do in a, in a career and know what to do when A happens or B happens or C happens. Um, so I, th- I think that that's important as well. Um, and she was married at a very young age to the father of her of her children. Um, there are four children that she has, and um, she's in contact with three of them. Only one is is estranged. Um, and her first marriage to her the father of her children, um, she describes as being psychologically abusive. So. All of those kind of things come in into play here. Um, in describing her estrangement experience through and through her own words, again, I just want to remind you, she has four adult children and they are all in their 30s and 40s. Um, she indicated to me she recognizes that her her current husband, the stepfather to her to her children, Um, made mistakes and hurt her estranged son. Um, However, he's been a really good husband to her, right? She also indicated that, um, you know, he, her husband, um, had his own biological children. And when he divorced his wife and this mom and he became married, he felt guilt for leaving behind his own children, right? So there was this background of guilt that he was dealing with on a day-to-day basis um, for not being in the lives of his own children on a day-to-day basis. So there's that kind of playing in the background. Um, She says, "Um, I think we got here, I think how we got here has a lot to do with the fact that I'm a an adult child of an alcoholic and witnessed some real atrocities atrocities growing up. Um, so the event that um, her estranged son talks about often um, didn't really seem like a big event to her, but to him it was. And that event was that there was an argument of some sort between the stepfather and her son. I believe he was around the age of 12 or 14 when this happened. Um, I think around um, 14, I'm sorry, 14 or 15. And um, there was an argument of sorts and her husband, um, you know, pushed her son onto the sofa. And um, she didn't think it was a big deal because of the way that she grew up and she saw horrendous abuse from her father, um, on her brothers. So, um, or on her brother. And so it was, she didn't think it was a big thing yet. Her estranged son keeps talking about this, um, and over, over the years and has, has made mention of it multiple different times. So obviously there was that piece to this. 
Um, so she didn't think it was a reason enough to kick her husband out of the house. Um, she said, I married a man, my first husband, whom I allowed to steal my self-worth. I felt guilt over the divorce and needed to be validated by my kids. So wanted them to know that I had a very good reason for quote, breaking up the family. Um, she says that her ex-husband, the father of her children, um, told them that it was because she had an affair while she was married to him. And she says that was not true. Um, she says, unfortunately my rage at my, um, ex and my insistence on telling my kids that their father was abusive did not achieve validation for me um, from from her children um, additionally after the divorce I put my estranged son in the position of the quote-unquote man of the house um, and then when my second husband came along and took that position um, which created a rav rivalry between the two of them. And I see this often. Um, and when I talked with this estranged mom, I, I shared with her, I felt something very similar when my dad um, was um, single. And I, when I would go over on the weekends and, and stay with him, I kind of, you know, took over the the duties of, you know, cooking and cleaning and taking care of my dad. And then when my stepmom he and my stepmom married and she started doing those things. I was very jealous. And I see that a lot in, um, in divorced and remarried families. Um, the kids feel like they they're stepping in to help do something helpful, which really they're, they shouldn't be doing, um, as far as being the man of the house or the woman of the house. Right. But they feel like they're doing something important and helping and have a you know particular place in the family and things like that. And then when the step parent comes in and shoves them out of that, there's resentment builds and jealousy, um, that kind of thing, and, and creates the rivalry. It's a very real thing. Um, she says, I, I'm pretty sure my estranged son is just stuck too. He has become angrier and angrier over the years, but refuses to seek therapy, stating that his wife and father um, are people he can talk to. She says, despite my numerous apologies over the years and willingness to talk to him about it, he says, I don't really understand how he feels. I'm pretty sure he wants me to hurt like he hurts, and I wonder if he will ever come back into my life as long as I am married to my second husband, his stepfather. Um, and so that again is another um, commonality that I hear from every estranged adult child is my parents don't understand how I feel. Right? So, um, so this mom um, some of the things that I see as um, the, the potential uh, foundational issues, if you will, things that kind of laid the groundwork for the estrangement are the fact that this mom, um, estranged mom, is a, a, an adult child of an alcoholic, right? And the characteristics of an ACOA, which is adult child of an alcoholic, um, are, and there are 10 of them, impulsive behaviors, isolation, 
inconsistency, difficulty in romantic relationships, overreaction to changes outside of their control, perceived victimhood, judgmental behaviors, seeking approval from others, lying when truth would not be problematic, and substance use disorders. And not, I'm not... I am not saying, please do not misconstrue this. I am not saying this mom is, has all of these. That's not what I'm saying. I am just simply saying for those of you who are not aware, um, these are some of the characteristics that um, they tend to find in children of alcoholics. So I, I'm, I'm not saying that these are this mom, but I think that, um, you know, these are, these are some of the things that she might want to explore a little bit more and see if she hasn't already to see kind of where um, she may have reacted from these places, from these characteristics um, as she was parenting her children. Um, Also, she had a symbiotic relationship with her son. Um, They were very close, um, which is a close relationship that's dependent upon one another. And so I think that um, we can tend to do that too when we divorce um, and are we begin to rely on our children. Um, and I did that with my youngest daughter after the ending of my relationship, my 10 year relationship, I depended heavily upon her and that, um, that was not helpful and it caused her to have a lot of resentment, um, based off of that. Um, you know, again, this, her, um, estranged son kind of took over the man of the house role, uh, when his mom and dad divorced and then, you know, the stepdad comes along and shoves him aside, you know, metaphorically shoves him aside, um, and begins to take on, you know, that role himself. Um, and the fact that her son, her estranged son was, um, he was in that, those tween and teen years, um, when she was divorcing and then remarrying and establishing a new, you know, home life and relationship. Um, he was, the estranged son was, you know, in his teens and those are terrible years anyway for most teens, um, filled with anxiety and all sorts of other stuff, um, going on. So, there was that piece. And then the piece of the stepdad having feel, you know, having felt guilt over leaving his own children. Um, and now, you know, finding himself living with someone else's kids on a day-to-day basis. And so I think all of those things came into play, you know, with, and I, I'm not saying those are the only things, but I think they, they did have played a part and a role in, um, the estrangement experience. So when I asked this um, estranged mom for advice that she would give other estranged moms, um, here's what she said. Um, I am still working on this because it's really hard, but I think getting to the point where you can hear your child's pain, acknowledge it, own your contribution to it, all without being defensive or feeling that this, like, I'm sorry, or feeling that this acknowledgement in some way makes you less of a person. One thing my son accused me of was quote, making it about me. I always wanted to share my feelings and explain why I did what I did or didn't do, but he just wanted me to listen. 
And I think that's so huge. It's so unbelievably huge. That's what our adult children want and need, whether they can articulate that or not. Um, They don't want, they hear our feelings and our reasons why we did this side or the other thing as excuses. They don't want to hear it. They just want to hear. They want to be seen, heard, and validated, right? Um, She says, the next thing is I need to continue my work on understanding who I am and how we got here. Um, She says, I am able to practice new ways of thinking, being, and interacting with my other three children because of the work that she's doing with, um, that has resulted out of the estrangement with her her, uh, estranged son. She says, I need to release the rage I feel towards my ex so that wound can heal and I can be okay without needing validation from my kids. That is massive, massive aha for her. I I commend her (laughs) so hard on that. Oh my goodness. It is, we carry so much baggage regarding our exes and the, the the other parent of our children and it affects them in ways in as in deep deep ways that we don't recognize as it's happening and some of us don't recognize years and decades later that has happened um she says i need to live my life as well as i can and i believe in prayer and continue to pray for my son's healing Um, when I asked her about, uh, some ahas and takeaway nuggets and suggestions that she would have, um, this is what she had to say. Self-reflection is key. The things that helped me to do this were therapy, meditation, long walks, and lots and lots of reading. I've read 12 books in the last seven months. Practice gratitude. Don't believe everything that you think. And listen to understand. Um, some books that she recommends are The Dance of Anger by Harriet Lerner, Rules of Estrangement by Dr. Joshua Coleman, Mindsight by Daniel Siegel, The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel Vanderkalk, and I I, that the body keeps a score book is something is one that I too recommend. Absolutely phenomenal book. Read that. Um, the next one is why won't you apologize by Harriet Lerner and, uh, loving what is by Byron Katie and radical forgiveness by Colin tipping. And then, um, for podcasts, she, recommended this podcast and um she has two songs that she wanted me to pass along um she says these songs often run through my mind and give me encouragement um the first one is let it be by the beatles and the second is haven't got time for the pain by carly simon so i i want to oh and she also uh, a website she also suggested is um, the estranged mother support group that uh, that I facilitate, um, and um, you can 
find that at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. So again, this mom, I, I just give her all the kudos. She is, um, she tries to focus daily on learning more about her, not just why the estrangement occurred, but learning more about herself, how she can become a better person and become a better parent for her adult children. And again, her, her kids are older. Her kids are, you know, they're in their thirties and forties and she is still willing to be curious enough to learn and grow, explore and evolve. Um, and I just cannot, I cannot thank her enough for being willing to dive into the deep end of the pool and, um, and work on what she needs to work on, accept responsibility for what she needs to accept responsibility for and in her work and trying to understand things from her son's perspective, right? Um, I know that her heart is hurting. Her heart is like every other mama heart that is estranged and I know that she misses her son terribly. And I hope that one day he will be in a space where he can receive the new her, right? Where he can trust the new her that she's been working on. And um, I know that she's, she's paving, paving that, that path. And I hope that um, they're able to come back together again one day soon, sooner rather than later. So um, this mom, you know who you are, and I know that you'll be listening today. Um, Thank you for being the person that you are. Thank you for doing what you do, not just for yourself but also for your son. And as you know, everything that you're doing right now today is having a ripple out effect. It may not have reached your son yet, but I assure you that all that you're doing is reaching others. And I just cannot thank you enough Thank you, thank you, thank you. So this brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you're able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement or reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, and perhaps leaving a positive review. You can also follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. A reminder of the online support group on Facebook that I facilitate, facebook.com backslash estranged mother support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast, anonymously or not, please reach out via email to 
theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Until next time.